episode 127, the season 13 finale. On this episode, Neil and Dario answer questions from listeners. Topics include lockdown viewing, the future of cinema, the future of horror, and Neil and Dario's thoughts on Strictly Ballroom, and platonic male friendships in cinema and in life. Interspersed between the chat are a couple of clips. One is a song from Ben Wheatley's A Field in England, and the other is a short piece from an interview with Christian Petzold talking about meeting Abbas Kiristami at the New York Film Festival. Hopefully it's clear by the end why those clips were chosen. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to the Cinematologist Podcast. I'm Neil Fox, and joining me as always for the last time this season is Dario Lanares. Hello, Dario. Hello, Neil. So we are another season complete. We've we've got to the end. <laughs> we've got to the end of another another season. But um yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm happy where with uh, what we've done this year. I've done done quite a lot. I think this must be, I'm counted, but this must be one of our bigger seasons. It definitely feels that, yeah. Sort of looking at the looking at the list, it, it feels feels like we've covered a lot of ground in a lot of different, yeah, a lot of different types of episodes and different types of films. And yeah, it's been it's been a big one. Um, so yeah, happy to happy to get to the end so that we can sort of take a break. But certainly, yeah, I think it's been I think it's been a really good few months. Yeah, I mean, I know we were going to talk a little bit on the rundown here. At, you know about the the season highlights and i mean but it's funny this one i don't there isn't sort of anything that particularly you know strikes me as being oh that that episode really was just something amazing i mean they're all amazing but that's what i mean it's like being one of those seasons where i think i've loved it all i've loved how much we've covered i've loved the diversity of the films and the themes i mean like i i uh, film podcaster episodes where we've done three. So we've had, you know, Mary and Sarah on and the, the Silver Screen Video Boys and then Nicholas Rapold recently. All been really interesting in terms of how they podcast and that kind of stuff. It was really nice speaking to Andre Gorzo, you know, a real classical film theorist. And um and and Hannah on Western was really good as well. And then and then, you know, the directors we've had on Delia Derbyshire and uh, and Janice of course. That's been really superb. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I think we've hit a sort of level of consistency in terms of the our approach and yeah, just a kind of the diverse quality that is really pleasing. Yeah, I, d- I think similarly, um, it's been a yeah, just been a really fun, fun season. Um, really interesting conversations, really good people, kind of really spending time talking through ideas. Um, yeah, kind of feels great feels really yeah. good so 
Yeah, feels like we've got some nice momentum from this season for sure. Yeah, and not to forget radio on as well. I mean, that was uh, that was a really really interesting one too. Uh, yeah, having to talk to Mark. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what we've already had some ideas about next season, but I think definitely, well, definitely he says. Hopefully, we may get some live live screenings again and recordings in the screenings. I mean, God, just look. I mean, it's funny, sort of. Uh, <laughs> the combination of of the of reading the news this morning in terms of the the sort of wave of joyousness around the football and combine that with what looks to me like you know real backlash now with scientists and the public about opening up too quickly and it's funny how those two things there's a sort of contradiction there you know when you think of that the England fans all being there you know it's a petri dish dish of uh, possible new variants and and. You know, God knows what the uh, what the winter will look like, but hopefully we may we may be able to to get some live events on again. Yeah, yeah, be really interesting to see what that looks like and how how safe people feel about doing that stuff, even if the you know the kind of the, the government sticks to its guns and just sends coronavirus off on the nineteenth into into space. I imagine on the nineteenth we're all just going to come out and watch it go into the sky like kind of some <laughs> kind of sci-fi movie. That's how I kind of picture it because it feels like that's what they're saying. Like it's you know it's 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 kind of bananas. So yeah, interesting times. But hopefully we'll be back in in a space with some people. Um, but if not, we're just going to keep ploughing on, doing what we've been doing. Um, yeah, I think we've already got quite a few good. It's going to be another diverse season, I think, in the autumn as well. Lots of different types of. Uh, films and filmmakers being talked about for sure yeah no for sure and i think um you know that that sort of move towards kind of championing stuff that people maybe don't know about or don't see will will definitely be in combination with you know stuff that we love that always sort of pops up now and again so we this episode is just me and you so uh you know we can shoot the breeze on what whatever we want but we did post out sort of any topics that people wanted us to uh, to tackle um some we got quite a few back actually some very you know very sort of uh rigorous academic questions kind of thing and then others were a little bit more abstract and um, others even more a little bit more comedic let, let's say um so i don't know where do you where do you want to start i mean we had some some comments on our picture that i posted that seemed to bring out yeah kind of the uh the trolls it did didn't so, it yeah um yeah i was surprised it was nice actually because it was a picture i haven't seen in a while um from when we did a, a photo shoot with the yeah, sadly missed luke smith uh down here in falmouth um for yeah, the was that brexitania that was the brexitania yeah, i think it was yeah, yeah 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 but i uh, added a bit brexitania. of the older uh, photoshopping to that to make it look like we were you know back in i don't know 1940s Something Overlook Hotel kind of. Um... <laughs> exactly. No one brought that up. But someone did say that they thought it looked like I had a, a Tom Selleck tash. So yeah. I said that. Simon Harvey. Um, I, and, I, and, I, and I said, I say to everyone what I said there, I wish, you know, it's never been a, never been a forte. Um, I'm about as, my, my growth of stubble is about as long as it's ever going to get now. So um, Have you ever yeah. done a, a, a tash solely? I mean, I've, I've done kind of goatee beards at times, but never solely the tash. I just don't think, you know, not for me. I that. did well, I did once for a murder mystery, oh, okay. for my character for a murder mystery, but it wasn't really a tash. It's just, it's just a lot of, you know, under the right light, like in like the Photoshop and you did, I, I do look like I've, like, but if up close, you're like, that is a collection of, stray hairs that are oh, near okay. each other yeah, yeah, um yeah. you know so the good thing about zoom and you know kind of modern 
photo editing is that you can you can make it look like I'm a quote unquote real man <laughs> as opposed to as opposed to someone who's just like walked through a kind of an explosion of chicken feathers. <laughs> Yeah, this is why we're an audio podcast and not exactly. a, uh, you know, audio visual, you know. And I, I, yeah, and I kind of took that as a bit of a compliment, really, from Cy. I didn't know how to take Guy Brasher's comment um, that we, which I think was that we looked like film students who were kind of pitching a very serious kind of almost reworking of the Hangover uh, movies. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, Nat, yeah, we do look like we're ultra serious pitching something, which is... But you that know, do you remember that idea. was the joke we did one where we were just kind of like normal and then I said let's do one that's like we're just miserable and then we can black and white it and just be miserable in a in a screening kind of thing so yeah I mean yeah it's th interesting th yeah that he, he he picked up on a kind of on a yeah kind of uh, sad sack film student rather than a kind of nineteen sixties Antonioni vibe yeah so. yeah yeah <laughs> well. Never mind. <laughs> so thank try. you, Guy. Thank you, Guy, yeah. for, for pointing out what we knew but didn't want to admit. Uh, yeah, and, and what else has been kind of going on pod-wise before we kind of get into some of the bigger bigger themes and questions? Yeah, so just on on um, the Patreon, uh, our latest newsletter has, has just come out, and you did an, an, a nice long piece about our very brief catch-up at the BFI and then your sort of... Uh, researching and, and viewing in real life as it as it were and just on the patreons um very kindly Kat Sebeka who some people who listen may know is at the Edinburgh University University of Edinburgh and was on the film philosophy episode and interviewed both of us didn't she for her podcast the Edinburgh film podcast I think it's called um so she joined as a as a two pound patreon so thank you very much um anybody who wants to join to get the extra content that we provide including the, the monthly newsletters and the bonus episodes um yep just head over to patreon just google patreon um cinematologists and it it, it will come up um and that's been that's continued to be to be useful hasn't it in terms of just helping us out again with the with, with the finances because they are sort of they, they they seem to go up a little bit year on year for whatever reason, you know. Even though we haven't been sort of travelling anywhere, but I, I think it, it's more in terms of the remote remote software and and that kind of stuff. But it's been really nice to get get more feedback. I think I think some of our regular people do comment now um, on a more consistent basis about some of the things we said, or some, or even make suggestions about and about stuff that we can do. And actually, a couple of the patrons have su suggested stuff which we are going to cover in the in the new season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a really rewarding um, kind of relationship, really. Yeah, you know, I think it's, they've definitely livened up in terms of their their interaction, which is which is great. And yeah, I think you know, it's 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 an interesting time, isn't it, in terms of like trying to find the best way to record um, not just our bits, but but interviews and things like that. And yeah. we've gone through sort of four or five different iterations, even in the last year. So it's been really great to have that kind of yeah that support to to find what's best for the for the podcast so yeah very 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 grateful um and one of our regular supporters as well mark hancock mentioned um he sort of asked us to talk about the new uh, harry mcqueen film supernova yeah but i don't think either of us have, have managed to see it so no um, no we haven't and it, it yeah it's an interesting one because he's, he's written a nice piece on it which we'll link to in the in the show notes. And um, interestingly, you know, we haven't seen it, but my girlfriend seems to think with my other glasses on, I look like Stanley Tucci. 
a little bit, which I don't see, but with those glasses on, it's got that vibe. I just put on a, you know, a blue relaxed shirt and, 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 and white chinos and I'm good to go, you know? I see it. Yeah, I see it, you know. <laughs> and that makes me Colin Firth. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I can see that. I well, see there it. is I a bromance it. question to come later on. So That's why I thought. I thought I, thought I, was, I would foreshadow the um, okay. that with a, with a little bit of yeah. No, a really lovely piece by Mark, um, and it is a film that I do want to see. So um, yeah, uh, we'll watch this space. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Maybe a bonus episode. Mm. Maybe yeah, on, on that idea. would be interesting. Um, and sad news in the film world: Richard Donner passed away, unfortunately. Um, but he'd had a good innings, as they say, and a, good, a great career. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just such a a, a, a a formative filmmaker, I think, in in certain ways, in ter in terms of some of the films that have had such a big impact in mainstream kind of popular culture. I think you know, obviously, the 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 Superman movie is a big one, especially for me. But it kicked, what was interesting, it kicked off, you know, a, a, as his Twitter's want. A, a, a kind of spat about what is a blockbuster and where did blockbusters start, you know, because people were like, oh, well, you know, Superman was the first blockbuster. Said, no, it wasn't. It was Jaws, you know, and all this, all this kind of stuff. But yeah, a, a really, a really interesting filmmaker and, and, and a more diverse and gifted filmmaker than perhaps given credit for. Yeah, I think, you know, anybody whose filmography includes Lethal Weapon and The Omen and Superman and Goonies, yeah is you know is is a good filmmaker in terms of being able to yeah kind of take studio projects and and sort of turn them into something yeah quite singular um mm -hmm. you know all of those films pretty much you know kind of probably the omen more you know less so but, but certainly kind of almost kind of defining genres that that sort of followed in their wake um yeah. in many many ways and i would say i spoke to richard lester about this when i interviewed him years ago i think that both of those were all the richards were and obviously they, there was a you know they, they um coming together between those two on on, on superman and yeah. superman too but um the you know they kind of i think they're the filmmakers that really sort of set so many of the modern franchise templates in in, in you know you look at something like three musketeers that um that, course, yeah, that, yeah. that lester did you know um you know that they, they really were those kind of they, they set the template um and have still some of the probably the best if you know certainly sort of top versions of of, of those different um different genres yeah it was, it was interesting i was thinking about that now because they set they did set the template but then I think the template was changed, perhaps, by Christopher Nolan. And now we're in a kind of, again, it's moved on again when it comes to sort of these big, you know, mainstream movies. I don't want to just say comic book movies, but the sort of um, the well, the, the well-structured, storied, um, grand sweep movie, but, but that, that has a sort of um, a, a clear aim to, to entertain and I think that that what Donna did, you know, was was implant that the humour into that that yeah. that was then removed perhaps by by uh, by by Nolan, you know, with the Batman series. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because, you know, I I, I wrote on my my recent blog that I'd rewatched Batman and I just you know the 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 Tim Burton Batman. I just don't think that has aged well at all, you know. 
And it's funny how Superman seems to have aged better, you know, even though it is kind of ridiculous in in, in many ways. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's it feels like an outlier now, Superman, in terms of the superhero movies, because there's so many of them, and they they yeah. they do follow a kind of pattern. But then you look at you know if you, if you look at Spider Man, Sam Raimi's Spider Man as the the kind of the birth of the modern superhero movie in terms of like really setting the the amount of films that's very much i think in the tradition of donna's superman you know where there's a there's a balance there's trying to be a balance of seriousness in but and and kind of entertainment i think that there's a seriousness of form in donna like he takes filmmaking very seriously like you know that they're really the scripts are strong in his best work you know there's a kind of as an adherence to genre and a kind of respect for genre but there's also that kind of balance he knew what he knew what films he was being asked to make you know and i think the shift is this this idea of the nolan seriousness but but that then just infects everything else like you know i don't think he took superman as a character particularly seriously no but he took his job seriously you know and that, then you get this balance of you know, really emotive entertainment with humour and and you get loads of stuff that I think is is missing because when you when you when you think that this is the most important characters, then it kind of falls apart after that. You know, I think it's it's a it's a balance that he he had really well and you, and Lethal Weapon's the same. You know that that kind mm-hmm. of that central chemistry between Glover and, and Gibson is is kind of integral um, and they're really entertaining movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, we'll we'll work our way through some of these uh, questions that that came up, and the first one was um, the first one on the list here is is horror dying? The uh, and that was from Lee uh, Threlkeld, and I think do, do you want to give a pressy of that? Have you got that up there? Basically, it was just a, a sort of sense of um, question of where horror is. I think in in the transfer over to the streaming, you know, in the in the in, in the move into a streaming era and and what has that done for horror in, in a positive and negative sense is that the gist yeah of it? i think so yeah and also you know that recent shifts in horror um and what they might mean um yeah I, i've known lee a long time he's a you know a very very knowledgeable uh cinephile um we don't always agree which i think is you know and i'm not sure who necessarily agree with with with, with what i think but I, I don't see horror dying um in in any sense but uh, but it did make me think about well what what might have changed and i think what has changed is that so many filmmakers are kind of unapologetic you know i think i don't agree with think terms like elevated or prestige horror you know i think i think that is again that is a way of kind of reducing horror to you know something that's trivial or not as important you know that it needs it needs an addendum in order to be taken seriously. I've, I've never thought that, and I don't think that's the case. But I do think you see a lot of filmmakers who are, you know, unapologetic horror fans, but not necessarily wanting to make horror that, that, that you know, that the same kind of horror that informs their work or informs their ideas. You know, people like Ari Aster would mm. be, you know, the main example. I think, you know, he is clearly a filmmaker who is inspired by, you know, 70s and 80s and probably earlier classic horror movies but he's not necessarily interested in replicating that he's interested in doing something else you know um and maybe taking some of the things that people have long said have been in horror movies but have not been necessarily on the surface and sort of bringing those to the surface those kind of you know familial um psychological relationships and making that more text than 
than you know um than, than may have been sort of regarded in the past and i think that there you know you look at horror festivals like fright fest and you look at you know the the, the short film website 12 cabins that james matry runs you know that people have always and will always make horror and there will always be a space for it and i think that there are more and more spaces than ever um i think that maybe streaming has i don't know i don't really know because I, I think that the home has always been where i'm well, actually now that's not i mean even thinking that that's just a ridiculous thing to say. you know i think that horror has always been a very very good way of making money often cheaper to make you know yeah they're one of the genres that people are saying right now that that you know they want to go to the cinema to be scared with a group of people or they want to laugh with a group of people and horrors or, you know, there's something about watching a scary movie with other people that is um, incredibly rewarding and quite unique. Um, but often, you know, but, 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 but also the home has been a space for finding and consuming horror for since, you know, since the eighties particularly. So yeah, I'm not pessimistic, but then I'm not really pessimistic about any of the genres. Um, I think some of the films I've really loved in the last couple of years have been horror movies. And I think it's it's maybe a time where we're starting to see a lot of filmmakers doing interesting things in a space that maybe horror wasn't necessarily taking up, which is that sort of mainstream indie space. People like Robert Eggers, I'm thinking of as well, Jordan mm. Peele. You know, there's those kinds of spaces with those kinds of filmmakers. There's not really been, there's not been that much horror. It's, it's always been occasional. So... I think it's a great time for horror, um, and uh, but but I but I also see horror as a very broad genre. Yeah, I haven't really got much to add to that. Really, I mean, I'm I, I just I'm not interested in the kind in any genre. The fan fights over over what is what, hmm. you know. Um, I will go and see horror, not because it's horror, but because it's a film that, that has been recommended or people are talking about and that's fine. And I've liked certain horrors that, that have come out. I mean, I really, I mean, I don't know whether you got around to seeing it, but I love that, that Russian sci-fi horror Sputnik, which was definitely derivative, but really fun. Yeah. Um, and I was less of a fan of relic than other people were, which was one of the, the big recent ones I've seen. Um, but I really like, yes, um, but I really, I really liked the one that you recommended, His House. I thought it was absolutely mm. superb. And then there was the, God, the other religious one recently with um, Saint Maud with um, Saint Maud, yeah. which I really, I, I kind of, that really grew on me. And you know, it was one of those where it's like, mm, uh, what is this? What, what's going on? And then, but by the end, it, I was really sold. That was probably yeah. the one that 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 really that I really enjoyed. But I, I'm not really that interested in this, you know, what are the legacies of the of the 70s, you know, the great 70s movies and whether that, that's being trashed or upheld and all these kinds of conversations. It It's like with any other genre. For me, it's like, is it a good movie on its own terms? Mm. And I, Yeah, I think it's a really interesting time as well in terms of folk horror. I think that there's a lot of people using folk horror that's that's doing similar things to what kind of folk horror from the early 70s was doing. Mm. um in terms of you know kind of reflections on contemporary society um really interesting work you know i'm thinking of something like uh magazata's the other lamb um which movie sort of released um really kind of you know mm. creepy fascinating dark yeah, yeah, movie yeah, yeah. um you know um i think it's yeah i, I mean you know and, and i think that again also i think there's been a lot of really great writing about 
folk horror particularly um inspired by you know ben wheatley's field in england and kill list and um Robert Eggers, you know, The Witch, you know, really interesting work that has, yeah, kind of, and also I think given visibility to, to a lot of other work that's come in its wake um, and that would normally have languished on streaming or straight to DVD, uh, but has now been sort of seen in a new light. Yeah, no, I don't, so the, the base of that is horror isn't dying, horror's, horror's great, it still continues and, you know, people are doing in interesting things, I think. <laughs> My boy lies still and sleep. It grieves me so to hear thee weep. If thou be silent, I'll be glad. Thy moaning makes my heart full sad. Baloo, my boy, thy mother's joy. Thy father bred me great annoy. Baloo, 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 baloo. Thy lightest breath to catch Oh, when thou wakes to see thee smile And thus my sorrow to beguile Baloo, my boy, thy mother's joy Thy father bred me great annoy Baloo, my boy, lie still and sleep It grieves me sore to hear thee weep Twelve weary months have crept away Since he upon thy natal day Left thee and me to seek afar A bloody fate in doubtful war Baloo, my boy, lie still and sleep It grieves me sore to hear thee weep If thou be silent glad thy moaning makes my heart full sad I dreamed a dream but yesternight thy father slain in foreign fight he wounded stood beside my bed his blood ran down upon thy head he spoke no word but looked on me Bent low and gave a kiss to thee Baloo, baloo, my darling boy Thou now alone thy mother's joy So let's open the can of worms that is platonic male friendships in film, shall we? <laughs> thank so you, this Dan. Came from your, yeah, thanks, Dan Schneikraut, for that. Um, Great filmmaker Dan. If you uh, yeah, if you Google his his work, it's uh, really worth worth having a look at. Um, but I think he based his question, didn't he, around sort of male friendships in movies? Yeah, and you know what kind of? I mean, it's funny because I always, when I think back now, yeah, that sort of eighties buddy movies, cop buddy movies, and you just mentioned Lethal Weapon before, and then even you know the sort of uh, Forty Eight Hours, the Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte film. There's just so many of them, isn't it? That, that sort of structured male relationships, I think. And even ones that, even even films and, and um, stars that weren't in movies together, 
there's a sort of sense of relationality. If you think of like Stallone or Schwarzenegger, you know what I mean? The whole sort of um, the idea of, of the kind of masculinity and how it relates to each other that, that, that was really was really a core theme, I think, of filmmaking through the through the 80s and into the early 90s. I think when you know we were in our sort of teens. Yeah, I think you know I think that and there's a, there's a lot of yeah really good writing on that kind those kind of homosocial relationships in that period you know with top gun up obviously one extreme you know um which, which i think you know never a film that i've liked but always sort of seen it as a kind of interesting por portray portrayal of um mm. yeah uh kind of yeah male friendship and and, and masculinity so yeah and, and dan mentions earlier films like midnight cowboy yeah. Um, Butch Cassidy and stuff like that, and was was really nice, kind of you know, very kind of uh, complimentary about you know how he feels that's kind of reflected in the podcast. Um, and I think you know that people sort of say about you know ask about the podcast, and I think that it's without we don't we talk about it a lot, but no, whether we kind of how how deep we go into it. But I think it's it's very clear that we are you know two very different people, <laughs> you know, and but there is a kind of chemistry there that. Uh, and a friendship there and a and a kind of a kind of a Venn diagram where we meet which is the podcast and the films and and, and the and our, you know politics and things like that 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 makes for an interesting experience for people hopefully you know I think I think I think that probably does play a, a large part in it um certainly what makes it enjoyable you know um to do is 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 knowing I'm not going to be talking to myself for an hour I've never been yeah. that interested in in talking to someone who just you know yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's as simple as that, really. And and there's just that other thing when I think there's always different types of friendships that you have in your life, and there are certain there are certain types of friendships that require a kind of work, let's say. You know what I mean? And they're sort of I'm sure people listening out there will know that they have friends where it's like, okay, I'm going round to this friend's house now. I have to kind of get myself ready to, to, for this, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, it's because it's going to be a, it's my friend and I like them, but it's it's a certain type of relationship and it may be a bit of an ordeal or whatever, you know? Um, but then I think when it comes to, when it comes to just talking about movies and life and, 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 and culture, I think the interesting thing for us is that I think we are quite different, as you say, and th there is a sort of even a, a, a quite a different outlook in certain kinds of areas but i think the friction of that is harnessed rather than causes a problem most of the time do you see yeah. what i mean yeah, so yeah. it's like yeah i get I, I get actually that you don't there is a completely different sort of sensibility when it comes to this subject area whatever it is whether it's movies or or whatever um but there's, there's a kind of appreciation of that and an acknowledgement of that is we can talk about that in good faith and even even move on and disagree. I mean, there's very. I think it's rare that we sort of uh, look at something. I just do not understand what you're, what what you're where you're coming from. There, it's it's kind of unusual yeah. that for that to happen. And even when it does, it's kind of like okay, well, you know, that's fine. We move on. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's we 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 live in an era, don't we, where the the census or uh, the consensus seems to be that people only want to spend time with people that they agree with 100% or that they identify yeah. with 100% and you know I've just I've just never I don't think I've ever wanted that 
um i think that would be quite dull um you know um and and part of the part of the pleasure of friendship is is yeah it's kind of working out where you fit with another person and and kind of and seeing the world from their perspective and and having a kind of greater understanding of um the you know the world than, than you, you could ever get from your own perspective and someone else's and i think as well what's interesting is that you know i think that the male friendship aspect of those films that, that Dan mentioned and kind of films in general, I think has been overlooked because I think it's never been cool, you know, um, no, no, you no, know, no. like it's, so other things have been, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's unspoken because, you know, there's a, you know, almost a reticence to admit that, you know, that there is a kind of fondness and a tenderness in, 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 in sort of male relationships, you know, and that's where a lot of toxic masculinity, you know, talk about toxic masculinity kind of stems from, you know, is an unwillingness to admit that that's a big part of those relationships. And I think that's, it's nice to go back to those films and, and think about them and see them in those ways, you know, as love stories between men that weren't, you know, uh, and what that means and, 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 and what, what kind of comes from the, that experience of, of, of viewing it in that way and being open to, without which doesn't diminish the complexity or the difference it just you know it kind of celebrates yeah. something else um yeah the, uh, there's a really i don't know if anybody's seen it but the the, the sean bean stephen graham miniseries time about prison drama which i've just finished is really interesting on that there's a there's a central kind of moment in it where one of the inmates kind of reveals why he committed the crime that he did and it's just so obvious that this is all about you know the idea of of masculinity in its most toxic toxic form and you know i mean that's the interesting thing i think i've never that's why I, I, you know it's it i always have a kind of interesting thoughts when i think about the friendships that i've had and then have gone in in my life and it, and none of them really have been structured around kind of like <laughs> one of my most hated words in the English language banter, you know what I mean? Where it's just about kind of fondness for abuse of each other. And I, I just never really have understood that, you know, like having a laugh and a joke and, and, and all of that, you know, it's fine. It's like, hopefully it's not because there's no sense of humor, but I think there's with that in, in, in male relationships in, 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 a, in the kind of patriarchal structures, if I want to call it that where competition and hierarchy kind of, defines the way that we are brought up in many ways it's like friendships can very easily also be kind of antagonistic in a way yeah you know i think that yeah but banter is an interesting kind of concept isn't it Cause i think it's it's um it's, it's a way of obscuring um you know the, the complexities and nuances of, of anything really you know it's kind of it's an unwillingness to engage with depth it's an unwillingness to engage with feeling you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. it keeps everything at an arm's length you know um, and obviously there's a really kind of nasty aspect for that but i think a lot of the time the impulse is to is a kind of lack of willingness to to allow anything in that's not you know alpha or strong or clear or direct you know um and that's that's large, you know, one of the factors um, for why the world is, is in the mess that it's in, because I think that, you know, that there is, has been a, you know, and it's funny, isn't it? Because I think, you know, they think back to those films and they're often films that I think people would say, like Midnight Cowboy or yeah, Butch yeah, Cassidy, yeah, yeah. you know, that I think you, a certain type of man would say they really like, as a, yeah. almost as a code of saying, like, I can also feel things, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. know, 
Butch and Sundance were criminals and, you know, like uh, heroes, you know, but it's a kind of, you know, almost letting people know that, you know, I, I, I know, I know that there's this other world of, you know, re relationships that, that, that I can tap into. Um, yeah. There's a couple of films recently, I think, which have done this really well, American films. Um, there's a film called The Climb, which Beth reminded me of this morning, which we watched recently, uh, about two friends, which is very funny and very uncomfortably funny, but it is a kind of really interesting study about of, of two friends over the course of a number of years um, and their relationship. Um, and a really interesting kind of how it uses a woman in the middle to kind of mm. you know, to sort of access that um, in very kind of uncomfortable and funny ways. And then uh, Paddleton from a couple of years ago with, with Mark Duplass and yeah, I saw, um, I saw you Ray Romano. That, but I hadn't seen it. I really love it. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's you know, just a well-crafted, really well-written, really moving film. Um, yeah, and just I just think it's great. Um, so I'd recommend those two as, as, as things to check out. Yeah, and, and I'd also recommend listening to the Greg Proops Film Club podcast on Point Break. Because mm, if there's any, amazing. if there's any, ever a podcast that really down in a really funny way, the idea of, uh, you know, homosocial slash closeted homosexual relationships on screen um, with Laurie Petty getting in the way. It's <laughs> it's, it's that, that podcast. It's it's really worth a listen. Yeah, that's brilliant. Good shout. Uh, Dan also mentioned the word papyrus. Um, yeah, I have uh, no idea what he's on about there. I assume he was just being funny and wanted us to talk about papyrus, assuming that we wouldn't have anything to say about it. Um, well, I've got I something do. to say about it, actually. There is actually a whole story around Papyrus is a font that is the font for the movie Avatar, which Ryan Gosling doesn't like, apparently. So, sh shock. He doesn't like the font or the movie? Yeah, I, I think it's the font. Okay. I didn't really read it that closely, but I yeah. was like, what is Papyrus? And I was kind of looking for, oh, Ryan Gosling doesn't like the font for Avatar. Oh, okay, fine. I, di I didn't go any further than that. Fair enough. Well, Neil Fox doesn't like Avatar, so let's. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, oh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's not a great font. I don't think it's not. A, but it, you know, it's not not one of my favourite fonts. No, I, my my story was that um, I went when I was at a family wedding in Cyprus. Um, there was a it was like a package thing, and one of the things you could sort of add on was a, a day trip to Cairo. So we flew from Cyprus to Cairo for the day. Um, and one of the things on this amazing day in Cairo, which was full of just incredible things like, yeah, the the, the pyramids and uh, the Sphinx and the mummies, yeah, sort of the mummies at the Egyptian Museum and Tutankhamun's treasure and lo just amazing stuff, was um, they took us to uh, the Papyrus Museum and they showed us papyrus being made, uh, which obviously was, you know, very early, if not the earliest kind of form of kind of capturing um you know sort of, you know purpose made material for capturing word and an image um wow. and i've got i've got a piece of kind of egyptian woven papyrus somewhere uh so dan we have not been stumped we have two excellent fun. excellent yeah <laughs> excellent responses um and we know let's let's think about ryan gosling i think that's ryan gosling's code for i don't like avatar but he can't maybe. say that so maybe, um maybe cool thank you dan for your for your input okay um Next one on the list is about lockdown viewing from Brian Hutton, who says, I like the idea of discussing your home viewing experience during lockdown. For example, I decided to do themed seasons, New York films, boxing films, etc. Neil, what did you do in lockdown that was different to the rest of uh, your viewing procedure, let's say? Yeah, no, I think um, interesting question, because I thought, did I do much different than it kind of thought back to 
to March last year. And I think the one thing I did was I stopped worrying about being current. You know, I think kind of I just I, re I just had a real kind of flip of I don't have to see everything new. Um, even stuff that I wanted to see that was coming out that was new, I, just, I felt very little pressure to to see it. And I embraced um, the gatekeepers, the curation. You know, I kind of, I really, yeah. the Sight and Sound newsletter particularly, you know, looking back at my, my letterbox, and, you know, lots of really great short film work um, and kind of collected work um, that came through that, that came through Criterion Daily and Movie Notebook and podcasts, you know, just really kind of, embraced following where the the kind of the messages were taking me you know i had with no plan and just seeing what happened and yeah just looking back a really interesting kind of collection of work there was a great barbara hammer season that was on and that and mm -hmm. a movie but also elsewhere um that came up arthur jaffa's uh, yeah arthur jaffa's love is the message the message is death which played um for a bit somewhere um and the, the uh d reese's um colonial gods short film which he shot in south wales which is fantastic which is still online you know just just feeling like well i'm gonna build build from what is coming in rather than you know what because there wasn't really a cinema release or even a home video release that felt um and the other thing i did was 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 the just watch app you know just kind of trying to save as many weird interesting things that came through on amazon prime as possible uh, and and watching those as they came along so yeah i kind of gave myself permission to not not worry about stuff yeah it's kind of a similar answer really there was a lot of re-watching of films and tv um lots of comfort viewing i mean we, we we did the whole we did the west wing again for the second time and it was almost kind of like because the politics was so bad i wanted this fairy tale of politics that the west wing is you know um and i guess as well it was recognizing the ups and downs of moods which i think applied to everything not just film watching but that but that sense of mood right now and therefore if i want to watch something it's got to be something that so, sort of either is a bit of an escapism or is not going to like push me further <laughs> into a certain kind of mood um and I've, you know sort of more like intention viewing i tried to sort of have a a, a sense of oh he, he, here's this filmmaker i mean you do this very well a lot better than i do whereas you know in terms of here's a filmmaker here's the film and what's going that what is what is the other films going on who's writing about this this work and i'm you know i'm always been more like spontaneous really or just like oh that's popped up i'll i'll, I'll do that you know what i mean kind of thing um but going through the whole of of pets old going through a lot more of ackerman for example um but interestingly I went, when I went to see No Man Land at the cinema, and I, I spoke to you about this when we met up, I was just not a fan of, of the masks in cinema. And I get it, you know, and it's fine. And look, it, it, it's here to stay in many ways. But I think, you know, home viewing is going to become more of the of the clear staple. I mean, it always was. You know, we, we, we always watch more at home these days than we ever would at the, at, at the cinema. But I think also trying to create that concentrated viewing environment things they're due attention yeah so I think I've recognized or or I've kind of been reminded that actually focusing really properly and clearly on the film that you're watching and creating the environment to that in in the home environment 
is does actually give you something more and it allows you to understand the film more and 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 be immersed more it's just it's just true and i think you can you can replicate it to a certain degree um in in the home cinema but but clearly sort of switching everything else off has to be done in order in in order to do that so I've, i've been trying to do that more and more i like doing that i kind of literally put my phone you know i set the film up and then i take my phone out and then when I come back into, I, I literally feel like I'm going into the film space. You yeah. Know, the phone yeah. is gone. I close the door. It's all yeah. ready to go and press play or, you know, and it's, yeah. Um, which is why I've always, you know, I, I know where people get it from, but it's like, I've just never, I've never seen it as something that I never assumed I would have my phone when I was watching something at home, you know? Yeah. But, so I understand. And that's, I know that's good. I think, because I think you're right. I think that more and more, it's going to be the primo site of seeing so much stuff. I remember, it was, I think, five or six years ago, we, we have uh, we are living all all the directors in the Trump uh, Tower, and Kiaro uh, uh, Stami from Iron Tour, he lived on in this time, and um, but the breakfast was not included, yeah? but we didn't know that, and so Kiaro Stami and I we are sitting in the breakfast room of the Trump Tower, and both we have to espressos or cereals one glass of orange juice and then we have to pay 82 dollars or something like that for each of this breakfast and both we are shocked and um, we talked uh, talked very good about cinema and about the usa and about iron yeah? and uh, about the persian persian culture and what's very uh, I, I love his movies so much yeah? and uh, the next day I didn't want to go to this uh, uh, breakfast room because <laughs> I'm out of money. And uh, so I go to the Central Park and I have the fear that Kirostami is also in the Central Park and think that I, uh, I'm i a poor uh, director. Yeah? So I, I said to myself, when I met Kirostami, I would say to him, uh, I'm looking for the shooting places of a, a Jonathan Glazer movie, Birth. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah? Yeah? And then there is a sandwich, uh, you can buy sandwiches there yeah, for three dollars and an espresso for two dollars or so. And I'll, around the corner he's uh, standing there yeah? yes, and, <laughs> and drinking our sandwich and he feels also a little bit ashamed yeah, that uh, su- such a wonderful director um, uh, wants to, uh, want, not, don't want to spend so much money <laughs> for yeah? and, but And then I said to him, I, I have fear to, to meet you here. and. Uh, and so I have this uh, the story about birth by Jonathan Glazer, and he said he has made a little thing like that too. He's thinking about this movie Margaret was the name of the movie. Yeah, yeah the fantastic movie. And uh, there is a little scene where the teacher, yeah, uh, uh, with his bicycle, yeah, meet, m- meets the girl. Yeah, and he talking about this scene. He wants to to look at this shooting place. And so it was a so it was a wonderful sandwich in the Central Park. And that leads us a little bit into Andrew's question. Andrew from the Curb, who's uh, you know got his very big in in the Australian film world, podcast world, um, and has been following us for a while. Um, and he's asked about the ways in which the definitions of of cinema has changed. And I think he's that question comes out of him reading Peter Bradshaw's review of Mark Cousins. Update, let's say, or next instalment of the story of film, which takes on kind of like examples of TikTok and other kind of, you know, what, what some might consider non-cinematic forms of audio-visual 
presentation, production, entertainment, and and sort of thinks about that idea of of how we define cinema. And I, I mean, it's interesting because I think it's something that we talk about an, a lot, or we have done on the podcast and have written about as well. I mean, and if you're interested, I don't know if you've read the, um, Francesco Cassetti's book, The Lumiere Galaxy, Andrew, but I would definitely recommend that. And he talks about the ways in all the different ways that that he you know that he can see that he can conceptualize that that cinema as we know it is changing and he he sort of pushes more towards thinking about cinema as as a a type of experience that we create using apparatus that are around us rather than it being a fixed machine that we go into to it to experience and he talks about the difference between the puritans and the progressives um and you know, thinks about how we've moved from medium specificity into the era of content, and content is is always kind of like given a sort of dirty word, in a way. But it's interesting to me in the era of streaming. It's not just that that you know that there's there's these different. It's very true, I think, that the 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 ways that we're watching and the technologies that we have at our disposal now are changing the nature of content. That's just automatically going to to, to happen. But it's really interesting to me how you know you watch. Netflix, you can see, I think, that we, we've moved into an era where we see examples of things like the high production TV movie, where TV movies have always had that that really sort of lowbrow association, uh, very formulaic, very one note in terms of storytelling. And I think that, you know, simplic- quite simple, straightforward story t- storytelling with not overly complex emotional or character-driven resonances but with really high production values i think we you see that a lot right now with with netflix and also the emergence of of drama documentaries or recreations of documentary areas it's something that that seems to have come you know we're seeing that more and more because of uh, of streaming which i think is interesting yeah and without um without wanting to agree with brace and ellis um you know, a lot of what I sort of see now does recall things that he talked about on his podcast when I used to listen to it about, you know, TV as information, you know, and it feels like more yep. and more that's what f- many films are in that kind of upper echelon space. It's about providing information that, that can be digested and understood, you know, no ambiguity, no subtext, like all just, not just exposition, but I mean like, you know, character information and and. And, and you know ideological information informations around identity like it's all got to be very clear and very straightforward which is not a space that cinema's ever really excelled in you know no. um i think that yeah i think that my my thinking around it is 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 trying to avoid the the natural inclination of the moment which is to defend the lane um of a thing and you know and just to think well could it be cinema you know i just heard mark cousins on the on nicholas rapold's podcast talking about this thing and it's like every time i hear him i'm thinking uh, i love his curiosity and his optimism for going into something and thinking what can this be and so much of the moment feels about well i already know what i think and i'm not going to allow that thing to be that so it can't be anything else and it's like well again going back to what you know to brian's thing like what what i watched in the last year or so was kind of glorious in just how it expanded my idea of what cinema could be or what i felt was a cinematic experience you know and and being open to and being open to the idea that a cinematic experience 
one that is yeah thought-provoking and emotionally overwhelming and makes me feel something and and see the world slightly differently can be accessed anywhere you know i just think in 2020 i really loved the netflix animation show the midnight gospel which was Mm. a beautiful animated series which was it felt like a podcast that had been animated it felt like a series of conversations that had been recorded and it had that kind of recorded audio quality then set to these really psychedelic and wonderful animations and they were really moving and interesting kind of philosophical conversations set to this incredibly on the surface um abstract uh, visuals but obviously the it didn't feel like that the more you watched it and then this year i've just been i've been really getting into dave Pod, uh, dave Chappelle's midnight miracle which is exactly what you're talking about when you're in your um your brilliant essay on you know the audio cinematic you know like it, the the use of audio in that conjures this really you know it's essentially these guys in a room talking philosophically and really funnily and but it's also it's doing other things and it's using sound to do other things and it's using the imagination of the listener in that space to do other things and it relies on that kind of that moving towards again what we're talking about with male friendships that moving towards a space where you don't know what you're going to get it might be uncomfortable you might learn stuff you know but it's going to be really profoundly moving and i think that's that's how i'm approaching trying to approach life and, and, and cinema with that so what what can it be well if you know if if Mark Cousins says it's in TikTok, then I'll I'll go along. I don't have to agree. I don't. But you know, I, mm. I want good faith in the journey. You know, I don't want to assume that he's just being controversial or flippant or contrary. You know, like that that doesn't seem like a position to 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 um to start from um in terms of trying to find your way through the world. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that you know the difficulty is is when. As as Andrew says in his email, you know he's ta- he talks about uh, Jan's Vankmeyer's Meat Love, which is a film that lasts uh, lasts just over a minute long, um, and he thinks it's a great movie. But the idea of calling it great is just hilarious. And you know, it's, it reminds me, I think, of, of that moment where I think it was David Lynch who he made a video, or I can't remember if it was an interview or what it was, but you know, somebody had sent him a film. Oh, he was talking about films being made in in upright format you know so that, as if they're shot that, that young people young, the young kids do today <laughs> shooting their stuff not in letterbox it's like how difficult is it to turn your camera that way because that's the proper way and you're always battling against that what the proper way is yeah. and and you know even somebody like D- david lynch who's thought of as this experimental pioneer and and has this amazing kind of vision is locked in in that way you know it's uh it, it's always going to be a battle and, and and Andrew sort of mentions it, you know, that, that sense of the, the battle over what, what is art and what it's for and what it's doing. You're and always also a, who gets to do it. You know? Yeah, exactly. And All of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because this, you know, this does bring us back. And I, what I liked about it, it brings us back to when we had that conversation with So Mayer and Girish Shambu on the podcast, you know. Mm. And the, 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 the feature-length film in a cinema is is, you know, is a privilege of the few. Mm. You know, you you if you are a woman or a person of color, a disabled person, trans person, you know your access to that space where cinema is supposedly defined is so limited. So so therefore, if we're saying that's what cinema is, then what everyone else on the planet except historically white 
middle class men or you know men white men that's not cinema well that just seems massively unfair and it, it means that you if you should be able to go into a minute long film or a 20 minute documentary or a five minute animation and and it should you should be able to kind of try and view it on the same terms because that's that's what that often what mm. those those filmmakers that's the means of expression they've had at hand because they've not been yeah. historically and you know and i think that what's opening up in terms of representation is 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 still opening up kind of filmmakers who predominantly are, are from different backgrounds but who are going to move towards trying to replicate the same thing like you know we talked about this when we talked about minery you know like it feels like a classic 80s american movie you know it feels like field of dreams so it's kind of fulfilling the same thing that's always been but with other things going on it's not a radical overhaul of the space mm. that's going to you know so i think it's really important to to at least have the conversation about what cinema is on an ongoing big basis so that you're not excluding people from you know you know their opportunities to do the thing which is which defines it mm. and it's not to say you you know you can't say that's not a great thing but i do think that there is a there is a need to to at least try and find a bigger definition even if you ultimately come back to something which has limits or a shape or whatever yeah yeah, an ongoing conversation. But that's the fun, isn't it? I don't want to know the answer. I don't yeah, want to know the it, answer. <laughs> you know? No, no, that, that, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But 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 what I mean by that is that, as you say, it, it's just not going to be re- resolved and there's always going to be sides and there's always going to be, you know, people who, who, who stake out where their where, where their positions are, including including us in, in, in various ways. It's kind of like, you know, I... I I don't have the wherewithal to troll through TikTok. I mean, maybe I should. Maybe I just should, you know. But it's like, you know, you've got to set, you've got to get the algorithm and follow the right people. But but I'd rather just say, oh, okay, somebody who knows about that can tell me where the good stuff is, and I'll 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 get it that way. Um, And I think it's interesting what you say again about the cinema space, and it's, you know, it it really is. quite complex that that idea of what what that space is in a on a cultural sense and in an economic sense i mean you mentioned it there just in terms of identity factors but it's just, it's economic as much as anything yeah. else you know and geographical for you you've said this an awful lot but also feeling comfortable in that space you know going to an art house cinema full of liberal white people is not where a lot of people will feel comfortable yeah. you know and like even with our students, it's like you know I'm just like oh you haven't seen the latest there. More and more, I, I say to myself, I can't say to the students, why haven't you seen the latest this thing that came out last week? It's like they don't have eight, 15, 20 quid to go to the cinema three times a week. I know. Yeah, yeah, they just don't have it, you know. So their cine- their, their idea of of what cinema is is completely different to what mine yeah. is. Yeah. So you have to be alert to that. Absolutely, I think, I think that's a really nicely put. You know, and I think a lot of it. A lot of I was talking to this about. I saw Mark Jenkins the other day. Spent the day together, and we were sort of talking through a lot of this stuff. And I feel like we're in a moment where people keep saying, "What should be done?" or "What can it?" And rather than thinking about, "Well, what is being done?" and "What is going on?" and you know, and, and framing the questions differently and looking at it. You know, I think there's a lot of great work being done by collectives, um, independent cinemas, um, you know, kind of independent magazines that you know talk about in the next you know there's a lot of stuff being done but it's always as if 
something needs to be done in the future and it's like well there's a lot of stuff being done now that addresses those things that you're talking about which are very real factors as to why people don't watch or can't watch cinema um and i don't i don't think films as artifacts are going to save that or answer that question i think that it's about other processes and other structures and other thinking around cinema like you've alluded to there how can we how can we understand the age of the people that we teach or that we want to go to the cinema um, and the factors in their life, which are radically different to ours and would have been radically different to ours when we were their age, because life is radically yeah. different to 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I think it's, you know, and what's nice is that it comes up a lot and I'm glad that it comes up a lot. I'm glad that we are constantly evaluating and reevaluating because I feel different every time we talk about it I feel like it shifts slightly yeah. I feel like I've read something else or seen something else like I would never have considered that an animated TV show or a um, a podcast could be cinematic or cinema even you know until mm. spending time with the year and reading your work and doing the podcast and thinking actually okay well what if it is that isn't that exciting what if I go in thinking I'm going to treat this like I do when I when I watch a film and it, yeah, it yeah, hits yeah, me yeah, in exactly yeah. the same way. And it's like, okay, so cinema is not a story or a thing. It's it's something else. And I don't know what that thing yeah, is, yeah, yeah. but I'm now much more open to it being an, a journey that is going to teach me things. Yeah. You know, that's why, and that's why the Cassetti thing, so, I think, works so well when he talks about experience. Because there's, when it comes to listening to podcasts, there's times now when I'm like, I'm listening to something. I was like, I can't, I can't listen to this now. This, I'm not in... I'm not in the right sort of physical space and I'm being distracted by this and I'm doing, I can listen to a different type of podcast now, but I can't listen to this one because I've got to sit there, make a few notes, kind of, you know, make sure I'm focused. And it's the same with film. I can have like a film on and I'll have my phone on the, the, you know, it's funny. We were, were, um, I was just sat down the other day and just literally phone here, computer there, something on the TV there. And I had on this, uh, there's, there's people doing like reaction videos to whole films now. And I was like watching one of those. And it's just hilarious to see sort of people watching films that I know intimately and they've never seen them before. And like somebody watching Alien who didn't know it was like, so is this a horror? Is this a sci-fi? Are aliens? A-? And like not prepared for what, what and the, the look on their face when the alien comes out of their chest. It's just, you know, it's funny. It's like reaction videos of this, you know, this, disparaged but if you yeah. <laughs> good ones are really hilarious to see <laughs> what people's just oh my god um anyway yeah it's uh i forgot my, my my point now but it's it's that that sense of you know the the situation that you are in the experience that that you have is dictated by so many different factors and i think that that point of even that point of going it makes us it, it, it tells us that when we go when we go into the cinema even we're all having slightly different experiences, yeah. even though, you know, we kind of tend to think this is a controlled environment where we're all doing, we're all thinking and, and experiencing the same thing when really we're not because we are the variable in that system. Absolutely. Cousins is great on Nichols Rapport because I think he asked him that question about going back into the cinema and he says he likes to be, he, li- he likes to be on his own, he, he preferably in an empty cinema, which is, you know, yeah, yeah. again, you know, that they say yeah, there's yeah, so no, many I, different, I that. there's so many different cinematic experiences for everyone in the audience and, and for different types of film watchers, you know, but it, it's not, it can't be monolithic, but, but I do think that trying to, yeah, trying to see where there are interesting points where we all meet is, and obviously there are kind of occasions, like you say, where there are films that 
strike a chord for the most part and already sort of seeing some of the can stuff come out and people are already angry that you know Annette's been really well received because it's like well why can't there be a film that loads of people like that's also great you know mm. um i just don't I, so much of the moment i don't like the you know the the response yeah, yeah, to because yeah. it feels yeah bad faith and you know i'm, I'm always looking for that meaningful yeah. experience sure sure um let's let's go on down the list so um chloe craig just basically said strictly ballroom when we said what should we talk about and uh I don't know if I've got much. I haven't seen this in a long, long, long time. I don't know if you've got any recollections or particular thoughts on Strictly Ballroom, Neil. I watched it. Um, I watched it a few years ago, so it's still quite fresh. Um, and I remember really liking it at the time. And then obviously I rewatched it after kind of enjoying some of Baz Luhrmann's work, and then latterly not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of you know, but but just going back and it's a. I think it's a really great movie. Mm. I think it's funny. It's tight. The performances are great. Tonally, it's just so bang on, you know, in terms yeah, of yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's it's kind of loving ribbing of that world, but also you know, kind of the the kind of the human relationships at the centre. Sure, it's great. It looks great, you know, and it's yeah, it's it's when when he's a filmmaker who I think needs to be reined in you know like I don't I don't I, I don't agree that all filmmakers should be given free reign because I think he's he's not he's abused that um but but give him give him limitations and you get strictly boring which I think is a yeah it's a great movie the, it's one of those those films that just takes a work like a, a world an environment and gets all of the minutiae of it right, but then extrapolates to the universality of we're all we're all kind of in competition with each other or we're all, you know, we fall in love with people that aren't approved of or, you know, there's the going with the the expectation rather than doing something your own way and all that, all of these kind of universal things. It captures that within the comedy of that that specific world yeah. so, so well, you know. And I think, you know, it's it's... It's so influential, you know. You look at you look at the films that have come after it. You know, Silver Linings Playbook or even La La Land. I think not necessarily strictly about strictly, you know, about ballroom dancing, but and it's tied in. I think it definitely has chimed in terms of popular culture when the, the show Strictly Come Dancing still still is going strong, you know, and that obviously is uh, for what for whatever reason over the last 10, 15 years. Has become a staple of re- reality TV, so it's it's absolutely at the heart of of something people love, and I, and, and I guess it's like that sense of the universality of dancing, but the, the 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 technical brilliance it takes to get to a level. You know, we're talking about football all the time. It's it's a similar thing, isn't it? It's kind of like we can all have a kickabout in the park, but to get to the level of a of a Modric or, or whoever, you know what I mean? It's just like beyond your even conception how good they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a film that brought to the cinema screen something that a lot of people did. You know, it's one of those things like, you know, dancing, you know, kind of tournament dancing, you know, semi-professional dancing is something that a lot of people do. It's you know, there's a it's not it's not a kind of it's not a a weird outlying thing. A lot of people did it, you know, but 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 equally the same amount of people didn't necessarily get it um or understand it or think it was worth anything but the treatment that, that the film gives it kind of brings it into into light which like you say allows for these other things to emerge from it and not feel as 
as as strange you know um despite it being a really strange film in many ways you know i think mm. it's yeah it's um it's yeah it's very loving but also you know like you say kind of using it as a way to uh, to kind of to tap into other things which are more universal mm. yeah sure um We've nearly, I think we've done over an hour now, Neil. Do we, should we do one more subject and then save the rest for the bonus? Yep, sounds good. You, you, you pick the last one before we move into bonus territory. I don't know. That's a, that's a big one because I'm looking at the list now. We've got quite a few. Um, I, don't really, I haven't seen the thing that Marbell recommended so maybe we'll leave that for the, maybe we can leave that yeah, yeah for the bonus then because I've, I've seen it and I can mention it so he, he's talking about Together which is the BBC iPlayer with James McAvoy and yeah. um, I don't know what do you think the ASMR is that is that that's a weird place to end though isn't it but why not yeah we could do why that why not all right. Well, we could do that, or I mean, Pedro Costa is a highbrow place to end. Yeah. Or we could, or we could just. In fact, maybe we should end on what we're looking forward to. Cool. For the main show. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, so you you, you posited this really with can with can twenty twenty one happening, what are the films you are looking forward to in the near future? Um, do you want me to go? Go for it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, one of them is Annette, which you mentioned there, which is the Leos Carrax film, which look, which sounds bonkers and in a really good way. Um, and, you know, as you know, he's made possibly my favourite film. It's difficult to say of all time, but one of them. That definitely, definitely in the last 20, 20 years, one of the films that I think is, is a classic in, in Holy Motors. Um, um, another round I want to see is just coming out, Vinterberg's film. Um, I'm looking forward to Skiama's Petite Maman, so the next next film of hers. And Mia Handsome Love, Bergman Island. Of of Cannes, I think I really want to see In Front of Your Face, so Hong Sang-soo's new film. And of the big movies, I really, really am interested to see what Dune is like. I'm definitely mm. going to go to the uh, go to the cinema to watch Dune. And that'll be a film that you, I think it'll be appropriate to wear a mask. It'll be a yes. weird, 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 weird <laughs> yeah. not to be wearing a mask. But yeah, indeed. Uh, cool, great. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think you know it's a nice place to end, isn't it? Because I think it is. I am excited, um, and I think the can lineup really excited me in terms of just yeah, loads of filmmakers that I love across all competitions, kind of with new work. You know that that kind of horizon, which again kind of makes me think these things about what we need to do are, you know, again premature because like let's just look at all these amazing mm. works Mia Hansen Lowe definitely um uh there's a an interesting like Todd Haynes has made a documentary about the Velvet Underground which yeah, I'm yeah very yeah. curious about um I'm very excited about the um Annette um and the Sparks Brothers Edgar Wright's documentary about Sparks I think it's gonna be a big Sparks year um mm. which is which is great um to see them getting their their due and I think in one of the um in one of the Cannes program, uh, Rachel Lang, um, who's a I think Belgian filmmaker, she made a film called Baden Baden a couple of years ago, which I adored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so again, it's just kind of looking out and thinking, what's the, and then but this Christmas we'll have a new Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson. So, you know, oh fantastic. Um, I think that it's it's a it's an exciting time and yeah, um, Viva la Cinema. Yeah, and Joachim Trier's got another film coming out. Which Everyone's is, got yeah, new films about, coming. Out. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? About, yeah. about masculinity and yeah. what have you. Yeah, and uh, Jaco Diard's got one that'll probably do something. 
similar. Yeah, just go Google the cam list. It is a, it is a it is a pretty impressive list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this year, so you can mark your card in terms of the stuff that 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 you like. So. Yes, yeah, so I guess that'll just about do it for this season and the main show. We are going to carry on this conversation uh, on the bonus. Um, thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers for continuing to support us. So you can come and join us there in a second. Uh, you can contact us with thoughts about this season or any suggestions for the, for the next season on Twitter or on uh, our email, cinematologist at gmail.com. Neil, Pleasure to work with you again. Enjoy your break. You too, man. Well earned. Yeah, what a lovely, lovely season. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, yeah, until September time, um, please, everybody, stay safe out there. God knows what the uh, what the world is going to look like in September, but Dune. <laughs> That's what's going to. But barring <laughs> barring alien invasion or something like of that 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 magnitude, we will be back with the Cinematologist podcast. So. Once again, much appreciated for your support. This has been the Cinematologist Podcast. Thanks for listening.